it's that time again. Time for the Wyoming Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Today we have Ian McMacken, the uh, editor-in-chief of the Go Wild Go website, and Ryan Yarborough, former Wyoming player and uh, poke fan extraordinaire. Gentlemen, welcome to the roundtable. There you go. That's the uh, our virtual audience here. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, how you doing, Ian? Doing good, Jeff. I've um, been looking at the weather report this weekend in Laramie, and it looks like the weather's going to be pretty good in the 70s. And I'm looking forward to getting back on the field to watch the Cowboys play. Ryan, how's everything going down there in Texas? Everything is well. I know the last time we talked, uh, the hurricane was supposed to be coming in down in the Carolinas, which it did. And um, it's, it's still coming down down here for about another week or so, but temperatures are cool, so I'm doing just fine. Well, we've had um, we've gotten all the water that they didn't want in North Carolina uh, up here in Virginia. Uh, we don't have near the problems that they do, but uh, it's been wet and soggy and miserable for the last uh, few days here so um, uh, hopefully we'll get a little sunshine this weekend in Laramie uh, not only in the weather but on the field uh, taking on the big bad Broncos of Boise State I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the game but there's a lot of trepidation out there and I've noticed on the board that uh, people are kind of down uh, Ian, uh, do you sense there's a little bit of letdown because of the uh, Wolford game? Yeah, I don't feel the energy level uh, with the fan base, you know, reading the board and through other elements. And, of course, my circle of friends and stuff don't feel that excitement that right after New Mexico State or even before the New Mexico State game. I think people are a little wary. Uh, I think the fan base is a little bit wary right now. Not really necessarily counting the Cowboys out, but I think – We've through the years, I think we've had some of these games that haven't really gone well, even though we won one two years ago in Boise State, which was a really close game and we ended up winning it. Um, I kind of feel the fans are a little, little on the soft side right now for support or trepidation would be a good word, or maybe a malaise to a sort. So, yeah, that's kind of unfortunate, Ryan. Uh, uh, how are you feeling about the Cowboys these days? Well, um, I I didn't think that they were going. Well, put it this way, I thought that it may be a letdown uh, last game, and it kind of kind of looked like that, and it kind of played out like that. We had to come back, which was a positive thing that we played all four quarters uh, first and foremost. But as we were speaking about on the last episode, uh, Wofford wasn't a team to to look past. You know, they were very disciplined team very good team and um like i am was saying with the with the fan base um we have to get that energy back up um because i know it was kind of tough for the fans to get out there and get energized for Wofford. but hopefully this week that we had off will give us a good chance to get back in the mix against boise state because as we all know they are tough and they went up. They're coming off a loss, so they're ready to go. 
Yeah, uh, that's true. They uh, they had a bye week as well, and um, they are the um, Boise State Broncos, so um, going to be have to be ready for those guys. I'm sure they're going to be prepared. Uh, they'll bring that stupid um, uh, turnover thrown with them. I hope they break it. <laughs> I hope we break it over their heads. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, the game's... Uh, as long as we can, as long as we can get the defense to keep their uh, production down, I think we have a chance. But that's the big if. Uh, if the if the offense leaves the defense out there too long, uh, and uh, they get worn down, uh, you know, it's like with everything. It's like with Washington. It's like with M- Missouri. The defense gets worn down, and then they uh, end up getting rolled over. So uh, we kind of we kind of seen that play before. We've seen that. Uh, well, we got to keep in mind that this this is still a, a defense has proven to be very solid from last season. Um, they played really well last season. I think they had one really bad game last season. That was it. And they played Boise very tough last year, despite being down two defensive tackles, including Defane. And that was a game Wyoming was in there at Boise. So I'm I have a gut feeling that the defense is going to come out and play really well because this is this is a veteran defense with some talent. And I think you got it right. Uh, the offense is going to have to find ways to move the football and have some success. And if that can happen, I think it would be a pretty good football game. Well, now, we do get some guys back this time. Uh, Bo was talking about, and he says that in his uh, opening statement, which we'll play here in a little bit, uh, that, uh, let's see, Austin Fort's coming back. Uh, look, It looks like he's coming back. Uh, we should get Nico Evans back in the running back position. Uh, let's see, who else did he say? Um Arnold uh, was a possibility. I don't think he was. I I think he he feels probable is with Arnold. He's still hopeful that Arnold's going to get back. Right. And who else? Anybody else? We got Tyler Hall, I think, will be back in the lineup. That's good. Uh, CJ Colden, the freshman with talent, but's had some struggles. I don't believe he's going to play. But we're as healthy as we've been, according to Bowl, or at least in a long time. So, that's good news because uh, it looks like we're getting some of these players back. And I think the two offensive players coming back, Nico Evans and Austin Ford, can really lend an, another dynamic to the offense. Well, I tell you. Yeah, um, I think, oh, go ahead, Ryan. I I'm think sure. Nico. Yeah, I think Nico is going to be key. Um, be able to have some ball control without question and uh, take a little more pressure off the quarterback, uh, even though he came into his own last game with, you know, with the last drive um but nico would definitely be key for the simple fact that mm, boise state uh wanted to try to keep them off the field as much as possible because even though they got um the score looked kind of bad last week ripping still had a big game um for almost 400 yards and no touch i mean no interceptions excuse me three touchdowns no interceptions and um, their running attack and their passing attack is pretty solid. So what I've learned from the past is if you want to, the best way to defend an opposing offense is to, to keep them off the field. So we definitely need some ball control on our end. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. And um, uh, Bowl uh, talked about that. Why don't we listen to his opening statement at uh, his Monday presser and uh, see what he had to say here.
Welcome, everybody. Uh, big game uh, this week. It's great to be in uh, conference play. Uh, we utilized our bye week uh, working on fundamentals, and we spent quite a bit of time uh, getting ready for Boise State. Uh, we are healthier than we have been at quite some time, which is, is good to know. We went through a pretty rough stretch there with some injuries. It's great to have Austin Ford out, Nico Evans, Javon Bigelow, so we'll be much more fortified there. Uh, we're in hopes to have Patrick Arnold. Um, we'll know a little bit more during the course of the time. Tyler Hall, we're, we're also hopeful for him. Um, <clears throat> he seems to be coming along. I would say C.J. Colton would be doubtful right now, so unlike a lot of our either opponents or colleagues around the country, we try to do a good job disclosing where we're at with injuries. Um, you know, we've had uh, spirited practices. I thought Saturday's practice late in the afternoon was real spirited. Our players recognize what's on the line. Uh, we have a great deal of respect for Boise State and Coach Harson and their program. Uh, they're, <clears throat> I know they're listed in the top 25 by coaches, not media. So I think it just shows that the coaches are smarter than you media people. Um, but they're, they're, they deserve to be there. You know, I've watched their, all their game footage on all three phases of the football um, <clears throat> against Oklahoma State, and I know quite a bit about Oklahoma State. I thought they matched up athletically really well with Oklahoma State, and the, the, the ledger just tilted one way because they had two punt blocks. It's hard enough to win a game when you have one punt blocked, and when you have two, it's really hard. And so, uh, but nonetheless, they had two punt blocks. But what I'm saying is, is um, you know, that can be corrected, and they've got really good players. I think we've got really good players, too. We love the fact that we're going to be at home. Um, you know, our program has gotten more competitive. Our players recognize the the uh, challenge that's there playing uh, Boise State and the Broncos, but our players also recognize what a great opportunity. And so we're looking forward to uh, embracing this uh, game. Uh, hopefully we'll have a great turnout. I know it's on national TV. It's at 5 o'clock in Laramie, so... We're in hopes to have a, a great home crowd because I do think our players feed off that energy. When you look at Boise State, I think you you know they are an excellent program. You look at their quarterback; it seems like he's been there forever. Uh, you know, I've watched a great deal of tape on Ripon through the years, uh, and he's got a really good ability. Throws the ball, takes it where it needs to be taken. He's got good mobility, uh, but I don't know if there's a sharper, more cerebral decision maker than him and, and Coach Harson. That staff's done a great job with with them. Uh, you know, they they know who they are offensively, but they have some really innovative schemes, which uh, I applaud them for that because that's they know how to stress a defense. They, they do all kinds of different things with different por, uh, personnel groupings and then plays that come off it, not only um, <clears throat> drop back pass, uh, different runs, but then also play action pass as well. So that's a real challenge in itself. And when you have a quarterback operating like he does, uh, Rippon is an excellent player defensively. I think they, uh, you know, they're different than us. They, they, they're a multi-front team where they bounce in and out. But what has been amazing to me is they pr they pressure a lot, but everything's all tied together. Sometimes when teams take on that mantra, they have an ad attitude of, you know, we're going to blitz this guy, and you'll just see some unsound um, plays occur. That's not been the case. Uh, defensively, they're an excellent defense, and they play uh, they play really uh, stingy defense, and so we're going to have our hands full there. And, 
as I said, they have really good players on the special teams, and I'm sure Coach Hartson's going to clean up those blocks. And so makings of a great football game. I know as a coach, I'm personally really excited about this game, really excited that we're at home, uh, and uh, I know our players are as well. So- Coach Bowl and his Monday presser, um, impressions, uh, Ryan? Yeah, um, that's one thing that Coach brought up that's very important is um, as going back to what I was talking about a little earlier about the ball control, that with Boise, um, first of all, they have a lot of people coming back, so they have a lot of experience, not just at the quarterback, but more so talking on the defensive side now. I know that they'll be trying to pressure our quarterback um, for the simple fact that these are freshmen and they're going to bring the heat until he's able to prove himself. So uh, Miko will be able to give him a little blanket, you know, to fall back on because that's going to be important. Um, As far as on our defense, I believe that we have, we have their number. Um, Even though Boise state has been good the last few years, just like we have, I think that we will be fine with them because we're familiar with them. We've played them tough the last few years, uh, whether we were supposed to or whether we weren't supposed to. So on the psychological side, I think that we will feel comfortable going in, especially our defensive guys, because we have a lot of experience on defense. So once again, it's going to come down to execution, as always, and not putting as many things on our quarterback. Um, to, to start everything off. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, uh, Ian, uh, any uh, points on that? Yeah, I think Ryan uh, summarized it really well. I uh, just think that's the key, what he said. I think I have confidence in our defense. I just think it's a matter of the running game getting going um, with success. I, I, I have a lot of good feel about Nico Evans just watching him before he got injured. He was really running well. And he was even running well against Washington State. Bigelow's starting to come along. He gives us a little bit more of a power back. And then you got uh, Rakeeb Ismail, who I think has some capability to put some big plays together. He, he shows some speed. They still haven't got the big play out of him yet. So I think there's some ability there. And um, Tyler Vanderwall, I really do believe, is picking confidence up as the season moves forward. And he'll have to make a big jump uh, on Saturday. Well, now, uh, Tyler, to his credit, um, ran that uh, two-minute drill in the Wofford game to perfection uh, and drove down the field uh, with 17 seconds left and threw to uh, Ishmael uh, for the winning touchdown. So that's got to be a <clears throat> a uh, a plus for his confidence uh, going into this game. And uh, like I said, if he gets a modicum of protection... Uh, I think he'll be all right. Uh, the um, uh, the thing that worries me is is again um, if they sputter, if uh, if they can't get the run game going, if they're doing a bunch of three and outs, punting a lot, uh, that's just not going to help the defense at all. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, if they come out vanilla <laughs> uh, and they're not getting the running game going and they're not being creative in offense that's going to 
give it that's going to do exactly what Missouri and Washington State was able to do in the fourth quarter. Missouri was obviously able to do that. We were moving the football and they just kept pounding us and the game got out of line. So um, you're right. I, I, I'm just expecting the offense to open things up a little bit more now, uh, a little more confidence in Tyler. I think we're going to see see some plays that are a little bit outside of what we've seen to this point. Now, uh, you guys have been reading the board, and uh, Matra has been uh, – they don't say vanilla, but they, they complain about the um, uninspired play calling. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Do you agree with that? Has it been uninspired, or uh, is there a method to their madness? I'm, I would more so say that it's a method to the madness um, for the simple fact that you don't want to put too much on the quarterback or you didn't want to put too much on the quarterback. Uh, initially, his first few games out, wanted to get his feet wet, get used to the college game, and um, and he's, he'll be fine uh, starting this week because we had a week off, you know, to implement a few plays that you know, would be conducive to his play set. And I think we'll be fine. And most importantly, I believe that we're going we're to come out aggressively because this time around, I don't think it'll be very good to let Boise State have a big lead like Wofford did because trying to come back on Boise State is going to be, you know, a little tougher than it was with Wofford. Well, you're right. You're right there. Um, um, boy, you get a couple of touchdowns behind them, and boy, they'll clamp down on you. And um, the, the 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 complaint on the board has been, you know, uh, vegan is just too vanilla. It's always the first uh, uh, first play is run up the middle. <laughs> And that sort of thing. And, you know, we've heard that infinitum, infinitum. So uh, hopefully you're right. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Ryan. Uh, is, yes. a, is, it a, is it a concept that, say, in your first um, uh, out-of-conference games that uh, you're actually trying to get set up, you're trying to get comfortable, and you're actually trying to set up, uh, for instance... Boise State into a mindset from what they've seen on film, so that you can take advantage of them. And is that a, is that a um, is that a good way to look at it? Uh, you you can look at it that way if if you if you would like to. <laughs> but me personally, no. Uh, when it comes down to it, I, I want to execute from the very beginning. Um, like I said, I want to give my confidence. I want the team to have confidence throughout the season because you can always uh, put a little wrinkle on what you've been doing already versus trying to experiment once conference starts because once conference play starts, you can very easily be 0-3 or 0-4 because you're trying to keep stuff in the bag. Now, that doesn't necessarily fend well with me Um from my coaching experiences and my playing experiences. Um, my, my motto is, if you can stop it, stop it. But am I going to show you everything? No, but I'm not going to hold back just for conference sake or just not to, um, just not to show everybody what I have in my bag because guess what? Certain things might, might not ever come out of the bag if you put yourself in a hole. Well, that's a good point. 
That's a good point. Uh, in the Wofford game, uh, just looking back at it, uh, I, I didn't do a play-by-play um, uh, setup this time. I was just looking at, um, I just had the play-by-play summary sheets up. You know, Wyoming uh, opened up the scoring in the second quarter with a, um, uh, a field goal. And then um, Wofford came right back on their next possession. And... Um, they went eight plays, 75 yards to make it 7-3. So uh, they certainly uh, came back. And then um, uh, Wyoming uh, then um, uh, drove uh, for uh, eight plays, 75 yards to make to make it um, Wyoming 10, Wolford 7. And um, so that was all in the second quarter. And then just looking back at it real quick here, um, uh, the next score was at the end of the third quarter. It ended 10-7. Uh, so then uh, we get into um, all right, the third quarter. It was 10-7. And then we get into the fourth quarter. Uh, Warford um, uh, scored again, uh, getting ahead 14-10. Uh, uh, and then uh, that's when Wyoming uh, waited until the very last uh, series of the game uh, to drive the field and uh, make it a 17-14 to 14 game. Uh, they talked to uh, Coach Bowl uh, after the game and uh, asked him about uh, uh, his thoughts. Boy, I'm going to tip your cat to those, to those Cowboys, Coach. That's a gritty effort, all things considered. Congratulations on a big win. Your thoughts? Well, thanks for saying that. You know, a couple thoughts that I had written down that were going to be, uh, I think, uh, deciding factors, and I talked to myself and wrote some of these things down. One of the points I made was that I had two, the steady hand wins and to stay positive. And I think uh, those two arch- overarching themes – uh, really carried us on. There was, you know, there was certainly adversity during the course of the game. There was times we were not playing particularly well. Uh, I, I do believe that Wofford, you know, has, uh, they had a good plan, and those guys play really hard, and uh, they're a program that, uh, that there's just no quit in them, I and they've got good players, and so was, we were going to need to play well, and I don't think we played well uh, during whole portions of the game. Um, and certainly put us behind the eight ball, but our guys answered the bell. I thought the, you know, we had a couple really good uh, two-minute drives, and that the one, once again, that's a steady hand and staying positive. And um, you know, going through the stretch, we did. We we not only uh, uh, had lost some guys, we were pretty physically beat up into this game. So the mantra was just get to one and zero. What do we got to do to get to one and zero? We got a bye week here, and we need to lick our wounds, get ourselves ready for conference play. You know, Coach, I can't imagine uh, how much confidence that gave Vanderwall, mm-hmm. the offense, and this whole team to have that 85-yard, that 80-yard drive to win the game. That, uh, you know, you want to win games, but that's a pretty doggone good way to win a game. It's, it's, uh, it really is, Kevin. And one of the things for a quarterback to manage a two-minute drive, there's so many variables. That's one of the harder things in sports because you're looking at managing the clock, you're changing protections, you're setting formations, you're going through reads. Um, you've got to be on. Sometimes you have to improvise. 
And I thought Tyler did all those things. And, uh, you know, coming up with a touchdown pass was great. Uh, there were several plays in that drive. And, you know, we had some adversity even going into that. I think the previous drive we had made, you know, great strides getting down there. And then, uh, uh, you know, we had the inter- interception. And then, um, but to go 80 yards with that, I mean, we tried to use our timeouts. I, I would equate it to this, guys. We, I knew this game was going to be test our our tank and our pickup, but it was kind of like we came in from Cheyenne. I started looking at the lights of Laramie, and we were running on fumes. I can tell you that. You know, so many guys, just uh, such a performance. Uh, I, I thought uh, Winger did a great mm-hmm. job today. But uh, that offensive line, I know Tyler had some adversity, but uh, he had a lot of time, a lot of times to to get the throws off, and he made good throws. Well, he did, and uh, I thought our protection had gotten better. Um, You know, now I think Wofford did a nice job against our running game, and we've got to continue to to work on that. But you're you're exactly right, particularly later in the game. I thought, you know, the the amount of time Tyler could get uh, from his first read into his second, some of times off the end of the third, and that's got to take some time to extend some routes down there. And we've not had that, and uh, so it was great to see that. I guess uh, probably at halftime you knew you were in a dogfight for mm-hmm. sure, but uh, how did you? What did you guys talk about at half, mm-hmm. and how did you see it unfold in the second? Well, a couple things we needed to uh, <clears throat> make some adjustments on defense. I think some of the things we did were helpful. The inside running game uh, was particularly challenging, and they, they were, you know, there's not a whole lot you can throw up there schematically that those coaches, that offense coordinator, been there forever, and so I think uh, we, we did a couple. Uh, did a good job getting off the field a couple times on third and long and you know one of the times and and not even third and long but Andrew Winger uh, had come up to me after the game and he was profoundly sorry uh, he'll learn from that uh, and then offensively you know we felt like we needed to open up some things we, we could mix in some runs but there were some some passing lanes that we had missed a little bit in the first half which we were going to accentuate. You certainly got Conway involved in the mm-hmm. offense, which is one thing you wanted to do. Well, you know, I was uh, made a comment in the press conference, you know, Larry Shiat, my dear friend, you know, I don't know what kind of three-point shooter or whatever uh, Larry had evaluated, but one thing he told me, he said he's a great, intense competitor. And Larry was 100% right. We've appreciated Austin, and, you know, he adds a spark to our, our team, and he's going to play you know, it's not always going to be one of these guys that are wide receivers that have to feel perfectly to go out and play. Austin's going to compete, and he made a lot of plays today. You know, I wanted to ask one last question, and that's um, when Arnold went out and you had to bring Logan in there in uh, the uh, most critical drive of the game, he he did a good job. He was the next guy up, and uh, he held his, his own, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Well, he did, uh, Kevin. And, you know, that's some of it. Uh, you know, you've got a native Wyoming uh, youngster from Torrington, and, you know, Logan started all last year, and, and he's not starting right now. And many times in today's world, you know, if I'm not starting, well, the heck with this program. And, and Logan has been positive. He's been a cheerleader on the sideline. He's always been prepared. And that's a case in point when – you, your number gets called. He answered the bell and answered the bell in a big way. Well, Coach, uh, you said it before. Uh, I know the Cowboys will make good use of this off week, um, or this bye week, I should. You're not going to be off. But, uh, yeah, this will be. Well, you know what? I, I think we'll even probably make some, you know, there's a formula we have, but I even think we probably got to alter that formula a little, little bit. We, we I, I don't recall a team that has been as banged up as we are, and so we need to do what we can to get healthy this week. 
and uh, then get ourselves ready to go get ready to play uh, Boise State. That's a big win, Coach. Congratulations. Thank Congrats. you, guys. Bye. This has been the post-game interview with Coach Craig Bowl, presented by Wyoming Contractors Association. There you go. You had uh, Dave Walsh and Kevin McKinney uh, interviewing Coach Bowl after the game. We want to thank Learfield Sports and the University of Wyoming for allowing us to use that. Um, I tell you, that uh, Coach Bowl brought up a lot of uh, salient points. That Wolford team was uh, Wolford team was uh, uh, better than advertised, I think. And, and just because they were an FCS team doesn't mean that uh, they didn't present challenges. Well, they were sixth in the country in FCS ranking poll, and that's not too far behind North Dakota State. And then we saw what Illinois State did to Colorado State, and they were like 14th in the FCS poll. So, yeah, these top-line FCS schools are, are very competitive. And watching the game from the stands, uh, the team looked very well-schooled to me, looked like they played hard. Um, and um, they gave the Cowboys everything at the end of the game. I mean, they made a big play that could have cost us. Unfortunately, Wyoming got the football back and won the got the winning touchdown, but uh, Wolford made that hit on Vanderwall, which knocked the ball loose. That's just a gritty play by Wolford uh, making that play, and that's kind of the way they played the entire afternoon. So I'm at this point going into the game, I wanted a really decisive victory. But looking back on it with the two weeks to get ready for Boise, I'm just glad the Cowboys pulled that game out. That would have been a disastrous loss, but they would not have won that game. So that was a big drive at the end of the contest. Now, Ryan, when you, back in your playing days, um, I understand that uh, FCS didn't exist back in your day. Uh, no, it sure didn't. Um, what we had was we had Division One and we had Division One AA. And then it went to Division Two. Um, we played a couple of teams, and the most uh, notable team that we played at Wyoming that I can remember was Northern Iowa, and that's a team in the school where uh, Kurt Warner went. And uh, we happened we had a good game against them, and um, we came back to win, kind of like what happened against Wofford. So. And, um, Oh, I was just going to say, uh, FCS doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad teams. I think it's the fact that they just have fewer scholarship. Is that right? Well, yeah, and some of the guys that didn't get recruited as well um, need a little more development. And as far as with the scholarships, I don't necessarily know how the allotment goes with um, FCS and FBS or Division One in Division One AA, but to my understanding, it was just the guys that didn't get recruited to bigger schools or didn't get scholarships to bigger schools. Would it be a, a fair thing to say that um, the top level of the FCS or the Division One A uh, is perhaps better than the lower part of uh, Division One or FBS? there are teams better in the FCS that are a lot better than teams that are in the lower level of uh, the FBS. I would agree. You would agree. I would, okay. agree with, I would agree with that totally. Well, the reason why uh, I'm... We can, we can just go back to where Coach Bowl came from. North Dakota, North Dakota State can beat a lot of teams that are in the FBS right now. So we can look at it that way, you know, just stay at home with it. Right. And so... That'll, that'll, 
Yeah, that'll tell you right there because there are always guys that they can they can play out there uh, for some particular reason. They may not have had the grades coming out of high school. They may uh, needed to develop a little more. They weren't on the radar, you know, so on and so forth. Look at look at Josh, Josh Allen, you know, he, how he came out of high school. So that uh, a lot of that stuff is overrated. And look at the best defensive player, one of the best players in the NFL right now, Khalil Mack. He went to FCS school. So, you know, you can never can never take it like that. So the well, the point I'm trying to make here is that even though we struggled with Wofford and had to have a last, uh, you know, a last drive heroics to win the game, it doesn't necessarily uh, degrade the win. It, it wasn't necessarily to follow that uh, we should have beaten Wofford by 50 points. Uh, is that, is that a, a, a I logic? I totally concur. I totally concur with your point. Because that, and that's what we spoke about before. We couldn't overlook these guys because they weren't any scrubs or anything like that. They were familiar with winning. They were used to winning. They had a program in place. Their offense coordinator has been there for about 30 years. And the head coach just left last year. So they they had a program, you know, that's been running pretty well for some years, uh, regardless of their category of FBS or FCS. A good team is a good team. Well, very good. So I, uh, you can, uh, for me at least, you can just say we were fortunate that we won it. We just uh, figured a way how to do it. And uh, I look at it as a learning experience uh, for not only our quarterback, but for our team. And, uh, and uh, it's only a positive thing going into the game against uh, Boise State. Absolutely, because once again, we had good momentum to leave the game with. Uh, you can wash everything else out. You can learn from the rest of the game, but we usually go by the end of the game and what happened at the end of the game. And we went out on a, on the W uh, with a lot of momentum and a lot of energy going into this. And by Tyler being a freshman quarterback, um, that's all he knows, you know, is the last game. So going into this game, regardless of his Boise State or whoever it may be, he has his confidence right now, and he'll be able to go out there and uh, showcase a little more. Well, i tell you what, you mentioned um, Josh Allen. And uh, uh, I, I, did you uh, did you guys see the uh, – well, I, we played some of his best plays out on the board. I, we, uh, I found some mm-hmm. of the videotape for that. Um, so you guys witnessed some of that, uh, some of his action uh, this weekend with the Bills, right? The world-class hurdle, yes, indeed. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, Coach Bull was asked about him at the end of his uh, press conference if he had seen um, Josh play against um, against uh, the Vikings, and uh, here's what he had to say. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know what, uh, I, I, I. We were working uh, really hard, but I popped in and out and saw a couple of the highlights. Uh, you know, uh, and, and I jotted their head coach a note today because I'm sure uh, he loves a lot of things that Josh does and then probably wants to strangle him when he sees him do something like that. But, you know, for, for the University of Wyoming to have a quarterback on that kind of stage go against that kind of defense, and the Vikings have been my the previous one of childhood teams to, to come up with a game like that uh, it's heartwarming for me as a coach 
to know that here's a guy that came from a you know off the beaten path, and uh, we had a, a a part in developing him, and he had a big part in developing our program. And I think uh, you know his competitive nature hasn't changed. He's just going to keep on getting better and better. And to be on that kind of stage and play uh, in that arena and play the way he did, I think the future looks bright for the Bills. I'm now the Bills' number one fan. The Bills' number one fan. That's a. <laughs> I was uh, I was intrigued by that, but you know Josh Allen really is going to continue to be a uh, a great advertisement for UW. Yeah, Josh has been uh, just for the last year, year and a half. It's just been amazing what he's brought to Wyoming football, and uh, just an amazing level of uh he continues to do what he's doing and he played really well last weekend and looks like um he's going to continue to progress and improve and stuff and i i think about when i was back in college and ryan yarborough had the yarborough country poster the two-time <laughs> all-american you remember that one ryan and uh it was oh, a yeah. great great publicity for wyoming having ryan two-time all-american so what josh has done you know it's just been really been a big mountain for for Wyoming football, very exciting, and there is a lot of Bill fans out there rooting uh, from Wyoming. So, yeah, I was uh, I was thinking um, the other day it would be kind of funny uh, or a lot of fun to get a uh, <clears throat> excuse me a uh, viewing party in Buffalo, Wyoming, in a bar up in Buffalo, and get a Skype going and see if we could get them to play that Skype feed on the jumbotron at um, Buffalo Bills Stadium. And so they could see the Buffalo Wyoming fans cheering uh, Josh on uh, and uh, that'd be kind of a cool thing if we could if we could work something like that out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who you'd talk to to do that, but uh, that'd be kind of cool. Make sure that, you have to make sure that they pay you a marketing fee for that. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Jeff um, has a lot of great ideas. You got to follow through with them, and uh, <laughs> that's one of them. Uh, I'm, um, I've been bugging uh, the university. I've been trying to get um, a Wyoming flag from the university that flew last year over the stadium, uh, over Josh's last year. And I wanted to uh, get that flag and uh, present it to. Uh, uh, this one fan called Pancho Bila. Have you ever seen him? Uh, you're not familiar. Well, he was at the draft, and uh, he's a, a big, huge Bills fan, and uh, he wears a big sombrero, and he's got a uh, kind of like the Mexican wrestling uh, mask on. It's all done in red, white, and blue Bills colors and, and images, and uh, he's a well-known fan. And uh, uh, he was allowed to announce uh, uh, one of the um, Bills' selections at the draft. And uh, he had all his regalia on. Uh, the, guy, um, the guy's been a dedicated fan. And the poor guy's got, uh, he's fighting cancer. And uh, I just thought that that would have been a nice gesture uh, to uh, try to get something like that uh, to him Uh, uh to remember his fandom, uh, uh, and of course he's very big on uh, Josh Allen. But I don't know where the status of that is yet. I haven't heard back from them uh, if they found a flag that they can identify that they flew last year over the stadium. So 
But, you know, the Wyoming state flag, the reason why that's really important, I think, is because what do we have on the Wyoming state flag? We've got a buffalo. Buffalo. Exactly. So <laughs> it all fits in. It's all tied together. It was kind of like, it was almost like it was preordained that that's where Josh was going to go. So uh, that's just a, a little project that I've been kind of playing with and seeing if uh, we could make happen. But um, uh, uh, one of the things that um, Jim Anest, you remember Jim, he was on last week. Uh, he's been on the board uh, talking about the um, Wyoming cheer, the Wyo cheer, the WYO, WYO, you know, from side to side, from each side of the stadium, and trying to get that going again. Um, do you remember that cheer when you were uh, there, Ryan? Uh, I'll be telling you a story if I said I did. Okay. Well, for some of us old timers, and maybe this goes back into the <laughs> late seventies, because you know I was um, I was there in the mid seventies. Uh, we had this cheer going, and uh, you know the east side stands would say WYO, and then they'd point to the west side stands, and they'd say WYO, and they'd do this echo cheer back and forth, and it got pretty intimidating. You know what I'm saying? You know, especially when the stadium was full. And uh, over the last few years, they've been trying to get that going. And they kind of get it going, I guess. I haven't witnessed it myself. You'd have to tell me, I and uh, 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 it's kind of gone or is, it's kind of halfway well, I, there. I, I remember it and actually I had forgotten that was something that happened during the games. And now that it's been brought up on the message board, I do remember that champ being very successful during sub-era Wyoming football, and I can't quite pinpoint during my era of football uh, that when that chant was really going. But I do remember having it a very big effect on the stadium and with the fan and the crowd and stuff. And I think a lot of this has to do with the video board and a lot of the advertisements and a lot of the other things that have been added through the last decade. And, and now uh, maybe people are out of practice, but it appears that Jim and some people on the board are trying to get get that thing rolling again and and it would be a great thing to bring back in the into the war memorial stadium there's no question about that it, it, it was a pretty magical time to have that chant going back and forth well um i i don't mention this a lot and uh, i haven't destroyed all the photographic evidence but back in my day i was on the pep squad one year and uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that um that uh, was something that I didn't talk about a lot when I was in the army, uh, you know, that I was a cheerleader. So I kept that kind of, <laughs> kept that under wraps, you know, didn't say much about so that. You know, so, you know, all the lyrics by heart, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got it. Uh, I ran around that damn field uh, a few times with that horse. So um, uh, uh, <clears throat> they don't, they don't let him do that anymore. They used to let him go around the entire field, circle the field. And uh, they've stopped that now. But um, yeah, we used to I have remember to remember the horse. I do remember the horse. Oh, yeah. I do remember the horse. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, when we had the chant, our cowboy, our pistol Pete was a real guy. This guy by the name of Bill Yost. <coughs> Excuse me. A guy by the name of Bill Yost. And, uh, you know, he was dressed up to the nines. He had the chaps on, the big hat, vest. He even actually had a pistol. Uh, I think it was a cap gun. I'm not sure if it was real, but he had the holster and the pistol and, you know, the boots and the spurs and the whole nine yards. And they provided him with a microphone 
into the PA system. So oh, he wow. so he could lead cheers back and forth, you know, and that's how oh. so that's how we got the YO WYO thing going cuz he could just call it, right? And uh now uh that that thing doesn't exist anymore. Uh they don't allow the cheerleaders to do that anymore. So um but you got that video board and you can make a prearranged thing saying time for the YO cheer. And then, you know, uh uh, the cheerleaders can lead it with these big uh, placards, you know. And uh, uh, it's not rocket science, guys. Come on, we can get this going. <laughs> it's Well, it makes it wonder why it's been so difficult to get this thing off the ground. I mean, we've been talking about it for a year, at least on the message board, right? And right. I know the Southern Cowboy, which is a really great guy to have on the message board, insider there the athletic department um he's been on the board for a while so i'm sure he's communicating it it just it needs to get off the ground somehow and um you know got to get get that chant going again well jim um uh jim's got a thing on the board there he's talking about sending a uh, an email with the comments from the board about it uh to the um uh, director of the um of the cheerleading uh, group uh, back when I was there, we didn't have such thing. We had Michelle. She was our lead cheerleader. That's all we had. We didn't have all the, the crazy things that they have now. Uh, in fact, they even get, um, they even get, did you know that they even letter if they're on the cheer squad? Uh, <laughs> which is kind of, which is kind of like, wow, I want my letter. I'd, well, like, to, I'd like to have one yeah, of those jackets. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not hey, against you know, it. You, I never, you have to remember, Jeff. Cheerleading is considered a sport now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> how I made... Okay, well, I got to tell you how I made the squad, okay? Uh, right. There were these posters all over campus about cheer tryouts, right? And uh, I was always a loud mouth in the, in the stands, you know, and trying to um, uh, get people to cheer. Of course, that was kind of alcohol-fueled partly. And uh, <clears throat> I have to admit that. And so my, my buddy said, well, why don't you try out for the cheerleading squad? I said, I'm not going to try out for the cheerleading squad. And he said, oh, you're a chicken. And he says, and uh -oh. then it kind of pissed me off. And I said, well, I bet you 20 bucks I'll go try out for the squad. And he said, oh, you're a chicken. I, I'll take that bet. So the, my buddy bet me 20 bucks that I wouldn't do it. So I showed up. <clears throat> I showed up for um, tryouts thinking I was just going to get blown out of the water or get turned away at the door, you know. I had no business being there. Well, uh, they had all these gals trying out, and they wanted to have four guys on the squad. Three only showed up, and I was one of them. And I got picked by default. You know, I had no business being there, but I got picked by default. So um, uh, the other two guys were actual gymnasts. They could actually do all the gymnast stuff, you know. They were, they were like these uh, Greek gods, uh, uh, built like whatever, and they could do all this stuff. And I'm just this kind of flabby student, <coughs> uh, so they uh, worked my ass off all summer long, and I was at least allowed to be on the field with them. But the guy who bet me, uh, he didn't pay me his twenty dollars uh, right away. You know, I had to chase him around. Uh, but he got really jealous because one of the reasons of getting on the squad, I got to go to all the away games. 
you know, over the way football and basketball games. So there was the there was the payoff there. So that's how I became a a, a cheerleader by accident. So little known <laughs> history, fact. little known history fact there. Well, my um, I did get some. Uh, I, I think I got a um, cumulative one point seven grade <laughs> that 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 semester, and uh, my dad, uh, who was um, um. Uh, really PO'd because I'd gotten that grade. He says, I'm not paying for you to go to school to be a cheerleader. He said it in much colorful terms. And so... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So you can appreciate being a student athlete, right? Yeah, I can appreciate getting chewed out about it. And being being a student on an athletic field, you know. I couldn't say I was a student athlete. But anyway, that's, that's my... Um, that's my long, drawn-out story about being a uh, how I became a uh, cheerleader one year by accident. Well, you seem to have rebounded well from your 1.7, Jeff. So. Yeah. Um, well, my dad actually um, the that <laughs> this is a continuation of the story. He got a letter from the the dean uh, of students, and uh, this was during finals and Christmas, right? <laughs> I was in my uh, dorm room, and a big heavy pounding on the door, and I opened it up, and it's my dad. And he said, get your blop, blop, blop into the truck. You're going home with me. So I cleaned out my room and put it into his back of his pickup truck, and he drove me home. And then uh, uh, I was to pay for school for the rest of <laughs> the rest of the time. So I spent two years working uh, on my own and getting my own money, and then came back and finished the degree because he was done. He, he was done paying for it. It was a, I'm over. I'm done. I'm through with this. So, but that was the best thing he could have done to me. So, uh, he wasn't paying for one point seven. So, <laughs> no, sir. Nope. So anyway, that's a <clears throat> that's that. That's a part of my life that's been 40 years ago, and I think that uh, if I'm ever investigated, that'll probably be something that they bring up or whatever, you know. So, <laughs> so, so you're really you're really vested to the wild cheer. That's right. That's right. Uh, yes. So let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it going. There you go. So, uh, kind of wrapping up, uh, we've got the game against uh, Boise. Uh, it is broadcast. Is that right? CBS Sportsnet, uh, five o'clock uh, kickoff, Mountain Standard Time. Okay. So it's on national TV, and to be the and a great uh, time slot for television, and I think a pretty good time for Wyoming fans. I know a lot of Cowboy fans out there uh, like the earlier type kickoffs, but I still don't think five o'clock is a terrible kickoff for a lot of people. And uh, hopefully the the ticket sales will start picking up a little bit better. I think there will be an access of twenty thousand, but hopefully the tickets start picking up and there's a good walk-up crowd so we can at least match that crowd from a couple of years ago. Well, you know, we were talking about, you know, how far Wyoming fans have to get to a game, right? You know, have to drive four or five hours or whatever. And um, my son went to Virginia Tech, which I've said many times on the board, but um, that's a four-hour drive for us to get to those games. And a lot of Virginia has to drive... <laughs> Because they're stuck way off in the corner of um, 
of uh, uh, the west part of Virginia next to the West Virginia state line. It's, it's just tucked way off in the corner there. And uh, it's not near any of the population centers in Virginia. So anybody else that's going there are traveling a long, long time and all the hotels are full and expensive. And so uh, any of that that you're experiencing in Laramie is not untypical for a lot of college fans all over the country, you know. Uh, I don't suppose Stillwater, uh, Oklahoma, or um, uh, uh, Corvallis, Oregon, or any of those places are uh, right in the middle of uh, large urban centers either. So, Well, I drove into both Eugene from Portland, um, Columbia from St. Louis. I've been to Austin. I've been to Oxford, Mississippi. There's no population around Oxford, Mississippi. Um, I still think Wyoming fans do have a little bit more of a challenging travel situation i do think we have a great fan a fan base but the football program needs to start stepping up and winning more consistently winning these big games we're so close a couple years ago from winning a championship so we really have to get this thing over the hump i just know there's a lot of a lot of fans are kind of sitting waiting out there maybe they're not like the hardcore fans but the cowboys get this thing going i really know there's the there's several thousand of fans out there probably consistently come to games more often so well we get a good game this weekend and we've been able to beat those broncs i think that um, a lot of people jump back on the bandwagon i think i agree with you cowboys win this one i think the fans will be very giddy and much more excited than they've uh, showed the last couple of weeks and i think it'll be very similar to what happened a couple of years ago and we we shocked boise state and laramie well now i have to admit to you i've been kind of dreading this one you know because i don't want to witness another beatdown, you know, those are getting, those are getting wearisome. Uh, so, uh, I hope you're right. <laughs> well, you know, listening to coach bowl, uh, just through the interviews in the last week, uh, he seems really laser focused on this game and he seems to be carrying, carrying himself with some confidence about this game and stuff. So maybe he knows something, uh, he has a trust, trust in his team. Cowboys are getting uh, some of their key players back, and uh, they'll they'll be hungry. And we we did prove a couple years ago we can beat these guys. So, like Ryan mentioned earlier in the talk, uh, you know we do have a little bit different confidence in this football uh, program than we did a couple years ago when we beat them. So I think that's a good thing. Well, Ryan, yeah, I think I think I think that we'll be fine. Um, as I always do, I'm I'm forever optimistic. But I think that we'll be fine uh, with this week off. Got a lot of guys to heal. Uh, also had a chance to uh, to put a few other things in the mix um, that Boise State isn't used to seeing. And uh, I think, like I said, I believe that we'll be fine. We'll get the fan base back in there. Now, if we win this week, it's going to be a hard ticket throughout the rest of the year because I've been there. So I know how the fans are, and I always have said that Wyoming fans are the best fans that I've played in front of with, without question. Um, being able to drive from all parts of the state and with, with the weather conditions, you know, that's, that's a tough, tough drive. Right? And that was one of the things when I was getting recruited that I was told, you know, you're the only school with only four-year university in the state so people are going to be coming from everywhere just to see you so um, that that's a great feeling and a great motivator for the for the guys on the team too it's like people are coming out 
just to see you from everywhere throughout the state. So need to perform. Now, um, anybody got a got a, a picture of the weather there? Uh, Ian, did you look it up? I always check the weather forecast. Um, it's mid seventies during the day, though it may come go down a little bit before kickoff, but not much. It is going to be a little windy, but we know you know Laramie eighteen mile an hour wind with well, that's low seventies is not bad weather at all. Eighteen miles an hour is a is a slight breeze there. I mean, you know. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 as you know, I'm originally from Chicago, and people always try to say Chicago is the windy city. I'm like, because you've never been to Laramie. <laughs> it's totally, it's totally different. It's totally different wind. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so they don't know wind. We know wind. Okay. That's why we like you Chicago guys in uh, Laramie, whether it's the football team or the basketball team. All the Chicago guys have come through the years have been, you know, they don't make a big complaint about the, the Laramie weather. Maybe a little bit about the wind, but you know. Well, yeah, coach used to. <laughs> yeah. Co Coach, uh, um, the Nebraska coach, um, uh, that was at Wyoming. Uh, I just Devaney. went to, uh, Devaney used to say that he would know when the recruits were coming in by train, he'd have two or three coaches there, grab them right off the train and drag them straight to campus before they could change their mind and get back on the train going, <laughs> going back home. So almost kind of kidnapped them, you know? So, oh yeah. yeah. You know, so, um, uh, they didn't. They probably didn't have the visits and uh, all the other things that you have now, where a guy kind of knows what he's getting into. You know, just kind of get a letter and say, "I'm recruiting you to Wyoming. You want a scholarship? Okay, fine. Where's Wyoming? We'll get on the train and we'll show you." <laughs> well, what did Jim Kick say? His first visit to Wyoming was when he arrived for uh, preseason practice. Oh, he ever made it into Wyoming? He came all the way from New York City or New York State, I should say. And he thought he was on the outskirts of the town when he came in. So it was, he said it was his first visit to Wyoming right before he began practice. So it was quite a culture shock for him initially. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever heard that story. But. Whoa. Well, what, uh, did you get a chance to visit before you came to Wyoming, uh, Ryan? I certainly did. And I had a uh, wonderful trip with the one and only Mad Dog. Um, snowmobile. Um, that's something I haven't done before and haven't done since. Oh. <laughs> snowmobile. And as you can know, if you know anything about Mad Dog, there were strict rules. So I was just trying to enjoy my time and get right off of the snowmobile and uh, and hang out with the rest of the guys. Well, good. So, I mean, if you yeah. get... Hey, Ryan, I got a question for you. When you made your first yes. trip to Wyoming, yes. who was the the players that made the biggest or the ones you connected with that were on the roster at the time when you first came to Wyoming for that visit? Uh, I'm just, well, you're talking about the guys that were already on the team? Yeah, they were kind of recruiting you, so yeah. I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, my host was Sean Wiggins. And okay, of course. Like I say, Sean, yeah, Sean Wiggins is, you know, a big brother still to this day. And he, you know, he helped shape me um, from from a high school wilder younger guy into you know to a, a semi formal guy throughout my years, but uh, he showed me, yeah, he showed me how to uh, to be the best that I can be on and more so off the field, more so off the field without question. Um, so 
always give praise to Sean for that. And he's still, still a good guy teaching in Casper to this day. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. I remember Sean really well. He's a great wide receiver for those Roach teams. And, and mm-hmm. now to hear that he's in, in Wyoming uh, teaching in Casper, that's even, even better to hear. So. Oh yeah. He, he's coming up on his retirement years. He said he has about one wow. more, one or two more years of teaching. Yeah, it's, it's been 20, 25 years teaching in Casper. So yeah, time, Time flies, I'm, you know, I'm telling on myself with my age and everything like that, <laughs> but uh, it just seems like yesterday, you know, when I was it down does. Yeah, in Wyoming, so a few things have changed, but it's basically still the same, and like I say, getting back to the fans, you know, the best fans ever, you know, they're waiting for you to come, well, it was a little different, we used to come through the tunnel up under the bleachers back then, and uh, just walking through the crowd and having everybody cheer you on and get you motivated for the game and being there for you after the game, you know, that's a great, great feeling. Ryan, do you, uh, have you had an opportunity uh, to talk to any of the uh, current players, uh, meet, in, uh, meet with them? Uh, like I was saying, I know a couple of guys that are in the pros right now. Um, some of the younger guys, I haven't been back in two years so i plan on getting back either sometime this year or sometime next year because i usually try to come back every few years but uh it's it's nothing i actually i do now i'm thinking about it i do know a couple of the guys um in personally uh, but i know conway um where he comes from i know some people that came from out there and uh Obviously, Tanner Gentry, little brother, uh, younger brother, is on the team as well. But uh, uh, I keep, you know, I keep in tune with the guys. I just haven't had a chance to reach out to some of the guys that are on the team. Now, now does uh, Wyoming reach out to its alumni players? Um, uh, I'd heard some, this was some years ago, that uh, Wyoming had not... Uh, uh, you know, reached out to the players. Uh, are they getting better at that? Um, to answer that question, yeah, that's something that needs to be worked on uh, a little more. I personally, I can be a spokesperson for a lot of guys that I speak to. Um, would like to get more involved with with what's going on because, once again, this, even though with the technology age, a lot of guys don't know their history. And you have to know your history in order to succeed, you know, and proceed past where you're at right now. Because what the guys are doing, they're doing some great work that hasn't been done since, you know, late 60s, kind of like a generational thing, late 60s, late 80s, you know, and so on and so forth. Every few generations, Wyoming is doing what they're doing right now. But in between those times, you still need guys to come back and let you know uh, what you have going with the $8 million field house. That's a great thing. <laughs> you know, what you have <laughs> going with the, uh, with the field and the, and the press box and the suites and everything that was not there, you know. So things like that make the current players appreciative and, you know, more humble, which I'm not saying they aren't now, but, you know, just to be able to appreciate what they have versus looking at, you know, uh, a big five conference or something like that. 
and knowing that, you know, that you, you'll be okay. You know, as long as you continue to stick together, you'll have friendships for, for the rest of your life. So, uh, that's always a beautiful thing. Well, I hope the university reaches out to you guys. Um, I know that it would be, um, an inspiration to the current players to meet people like yourself and Conrad Dobler and uh, Jay Novacek and and uh, yeah. all the other great ones that we've had before. So um, I really do hope they do reach out uh, to you guys. I don't see, um, like a lot of times <clears throat> uh, at, you'll see former players uh, on the sidelines uh, uh, yeah, of yeah, the game. Yeah, all that. <laughs> And uh, I don't see that at Wyoming as much, or at least I don't notice it. Let's, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just don't notice it uh, as much. Uh, I might be off base there, but um, I just really uh, hope uh, the university reaches out you know, to you guys. You're on, first, you're on first, second, and third base. You get the bases loaded with that one. Yeah, that's something that, uh, like I said, I've campaigned about and – you know, spoke to a few other people about, and like I said, they they feel the same way. But we're uh, it's a work in progress, just like everything else. Because once again, the guys need to see and touch people that they've read about, or see, or see on the walls, you know, Hall of Fame, and in in the uh, meeting rooms and things of that nature. So uh, it can only help when it hurts. Put it that way. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I hope they, um, I hope they continue to uh, work on that and uh, get a good reach out program to the um, to the former players. But um, speaking of retirement, you guys were talking about retirement. Um, I'm here in the East Coast, and um, it's after ten o'clock. So, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, old man time here. So, I think I'm going to. Uh, you know what time? Um, happens you know i reach over here and uh i get this thing here and uh, let's see can i pull it over i don't know why okay stop there's gonna be another edit here i wonder why that's not working Okay, guys, it's that time. Time to say goodbye. Let's uh, let's check with our crowd, see what they're saying. All right, gentlemen, I want to thank you, uh, Ian. Uh, have a good time at the game. Uh, Ryan, I hope you get a chance to watch it on TV. And uh, let's close this thing out. All right, guys? All right. Uh, uh, take care, gentlemen. All right. Here we go. There you have it. Another Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. We have Ian McMacken, the publisher of the Go Wild Go, and former great Wyoming receiver Ryan Yarbrough have joined us. Thank you, gentlemen. 
Cowboy Roundtable is a production of the Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC, in cooperation with the University of Wyoming and Learfield Sports. All rights reserved.